Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I'm Michael Cole, your host, and with us this week we have our trusty Jonathan Metz. Hi. Hey, and, uh, well, uh, actually we have a pretty good lineup tonight. Uh, I know uh, Johnny helped pick a couple of games. I picked a couple, and I think it's a really interesting round. Uh, this is 30, episode 32. Um, I don't think you've been on for a while. Uh, it I seems kinda... like a little while. It seems like everyone else on RFN... <laughs> <laughs> has has been on the show since the last time I did. Yeah, yeah. So we're making the rounds, and uh, I didn't realize that Lindy had never listened to a radio trivia before, so it was it was kind of interesting. Yeah, what it, a terrible staff member he is. <laughs> He's only had like six years to check it out, or seven years probably. When, when, Seriously. When did we first do the live radio trivia? I mean, it was. It had to have been like 2002 or something. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it goes back pretty far. Ear- earlier than that, because I remember doing that at UCLA over the summer. And I was in yeah. high school then. I graduated in '02, so um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. But, I know uh, <laughs> that's we've played a lot of game music over the years, and I still can't identify most of it. Yeah, and, and we're even repeating <laughs> ourselves a lot, a lot of time too. I know. Yeah, I haven't even really. Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've improved at this game at all over the years, but it's well, still fun. No, it only gets harder, right? There are more games out there. <laughs> right. Um. But uh, yeah, I think I think we'll have some fun stuff to talk about, and. Uh, so maybe some controversy, I don't know. This is all hint. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's go on to the first song, first game. Yeah.
freaking awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah. And there was an element of it that I recognized, like a little hint of a melody. All right. Um, but, you know, all jazzed up. You hear that in yeah. a lot of jazz songs when they do, like, covers of popular songs. It's like the right. the original melody is in there, but it's all twisted and warped, and it's kind of hard to identify. <laughs> that was that was well, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even solos, they'll whatever, they'll grab a little one measure of a of another song, you right? Know, and just yeah. throw it Teasing. in there. Yeah. yeah, and by the way, during like from the from the start of that song to the end, I turned on Contra Four and went through an entire continue. <laughs> That's how hard Contra Four is. I lost five lives in the span of like three minutes. Wow. Yeah. Nice. This game is way over my head. So you have your new DS, I assume that means. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Congratulations. I'll, I'll be sending you your uh, your case soon. You have my case? Oh, that's right. You get you had an extra case you're going to give yeah, me. I forgot yeah. about that. That's exciting. Yeah, you send it back with Okami. Yeah, I actually finished that over the weekend. I know we're getting really off topic By here. By the way, are we are we playing Radio Trivia? Okay. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Bye. song help people out a little more. Yeah, again, really familiar, and I, I think I'm going to feel ashamed if I don't get this right. Well, uh, here's a question. Here's a question. Yeah. Which item introduced in this game shows up in the DS follow-up?
Sweet. Yeah, I was debating which song to use for the third for the third pick, and uh, I said that totally gave it away. Yeah, I figured like you know what, screw it. It's it's kind of obvious anyway. I want this one to be easy, and I want it to be fun. So. Yeah, that's uh, um, that game has some of my favorite music of any video game because there just should be more whistling in the world. You know, <laughs> it just makes you happy. Yeah, uh, and well, uh, the game Johnny is. It's Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, and, and uh, it, it really makes it, it. It makes you realize what a shame the music in Mario Kart Wii is because it can't even hold a candle to the music in Double Dash. Mm, that's a shame. I don't. So I have no desire right now to go get Mario Kart Wii, and I don't think oh, it's necessarily yeah. as much a function of like your negative review and Chris Kohler's negative review. Excuse me, I gave it a seven point five out of yeah, ten. Yeah, I know. It's not a negative uh, review. Yeah. I like it, the game. In many people's eyes, it's it's a negative review, even though right it really because isn't. it's not a it's not a ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody needs to put a muzzle on Mario, and if Mario, if you're listening to this, calm down. Um, <laughs> 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 Yay! you! You don't like my game. Yeah. No, so, I'm not gonna get into that can of worms. Yeah, but, but um, um, the, it, the music in Double Dash is fantastic. I didn't even remember that jazz song. Is that like something you pulled off the soundtrack or something? It, it's, it's the credits song. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I don't recall it. I mean, I, I'm sure I heard it yeah. several it, times playing after playing through Grand Prix, but right. I probably skipped through it or something. Sure. You know? Yeah, I, th- I think Mario Kart tends to have kind of that piano style uh, credits music. I think that's, uh, Mario Kart 64 kind of had it too, and yeah. uh, it has a little bit of the main theme from like the title screen uh, laden into it, which is what you were kind of recognizing. Right. That's um, what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, but there are details even on like the, the chorus songs you don't hear when you're playing the game, which is kind of interesting because you know you're hearing shells flying and the motor and all that stuff. Right. Kind of drowns And DK going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, like like I was trying to say before we got off off on a tangent there, uh, even if this were the best Mario Kart game ever, and, and some people I guess think it is, I'm just not. It's up there for me. I think it's one of the best. The Wii, the Double Dash, or the Wii one. Double Dash, okay, yeah. yeah. Double Dash is. I'm talking about Wii. Even if the Wii version came out and was the best one ever, right now I'm just not in the mood for another Mario Kart. It was kind of one of those things where they released it. I'm like, I'm not really ready for another Mario Kart. Um, right. I don't... You know, somebody compare. I heard someone compare uh, Mario Kart Wii to Smash Brothers. They're like, you know, why does Mario Kart not interest you if you got so excited over Smash Brothers? And it's like, well, for one thing, the difference between Brawl and Melee is much much bigger than the difference between Mario Kart Wii and, say, Double Dash. Yeah. And also, since 2001, there have been two Smash Brothers games, yeah. and there have been four Mario exactly. Kart games. I own five Mario Kart games, so like, why do I need a sixth right now? Right. Especially since yeah, right they're, now, they're, I'm not, I don't have a lot of people to play it with. I'd just be playing it online. And I don't really enjoy yeah. playing online in general, even with friends. All that much. It, it might be better if I had voice chat, but I don't have that with Mario Kart. Um, so, it, to me, it's like... Yeah. I don't know. I'll get it eventually. The, the biggest reason for me to get Mario Kart right now is there's peer pressure. That, that's sad. Seriously, it's like <laughs> don't yeah don't cave yeah, into no, that. No, it's, it's like sure. you know my, my uh, I'm the Nintendo guy, right? But it's my former uh, roommate from college who's saying, "Hey, do you have Mario Kart Wii yet?" And it's my coworker <laughs> who got a Wii for Smash Brothers, whatever, a month ago, saying, "Hey, do you have Mario Kart Wii yet?" I'm like, no, I don't need it right now. I'm going playing through Okami. Right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I'm playing through Okami on on PS2 on my PS3. Not so. I am. It's not weird because everyone else is playing through it right now on Wii, and I'm like, I, I played the PS2 version. <laughs> they're they're the same, except the PS2 version is probably a little better. Yeah. Um, Unless you're on widescreen. Uh yeah. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm not playing on a widescreen. So there really is no reason for me to be playing it on Wii. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll play some uh, Okami. Okami. You know, 
when I first played through this game, I called it Okami on Radio Free Nintendo, and people were making fun of That's me. That's how they say and it I'm in like, the game. I'm like, you know, when you turn on the game and it tell and the game says the title of the game to you, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I may not say it exactly right, but the game definitely doesn't say Okami. Well, they have a, they have a dash says, over the it says O. Okami. It basically, has yeah, a, it's it says a dash Okami. Around, it's a long O. So it's Okami. Right. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I think it's just a game title that everyone says wrong. And right at this point, I've heard it. I've heard the wrong version so many hundreds yeah. of times that that's kind of instinctually what I say. We're American, uh, damn it. Yeah. By the way, oh, double dash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, du- this is why you have me on the show, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, I really like Double Dash. I, I don't know why it got so much hate. I mean, it was. I like the co-op thing. It was different. Um, co-op is the reason to play Double Dash. I mean, if you're not going to do co-op, it doesn't stand out very much from the other games in the series. But if you do have someone who is interested in playing co-op with you, it's pretty fantastic, and it it really makes it feel different from the other Mario Kart games. Agreed. But but I have to qualify. Someone said this in the forums, and absolutely is true that uh, I used to play Mario Kart 64 co-op in a sense that the second player would basically not be gunning for first, but gunning for getting getting rid of the... Uh, actually, I did that on the SNES version, too, where you're playing two-player Grand Prix, and one person is kind of just looking out, but are we both race, and whoever winds up winning more points the first round or two, why, the second person just sort of falls back and, and guns the jerk. Who's, so you did, like, Shake and Bake <laughs> from from the Ballad of Ricky Bobby? I guess so. I, I didn't think Yeah, that you're way. just basically rigging the races. You're just kind of colluding. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not that I care. If you're playing against the, the computer, why not? Yeah, you cheat all I mean, you want to. Yeah. That, the computer cheats more than you ever possibly could with your friends. <laughs> yeah, so. I can't speak right. for the Wii version. I haven't played it, but um, I yeah. can't imagine it's too terribly different from like the 64 or, or Double. Oh, they cheat even worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you then. can't prove it, it's not cheating. Damn it! Stop complaining about the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We spent 15 minutes on the first game, so we should probably move on. Oh well, uh, actually, we haven't answered the question yet. Oh, that's so, right. So, uh, which item... I was I originally thought there was more than one, but as far as I can tell, there's only one item that was introduced. Yeah, my my first thought was that there... there surely there's more than one, but there's definitely one that yeah. popped in my head, and that's uh, the one that the one that's also in Mario Kart DS is uh, the Bullet Bill, right? No, it's the Bob-omb. They, they had a chain shop, which is eerily similar to the Bullet Bill, but there's different oh, items, and I, I suspect... I suspect right. the only reason why they changed the chain shop to the Bullet Bills, like fewer polygons, I suspect that's, like, why. Because it's pretty much the same yeah. item. Um, right. Now, actually, the bob is one of the best items yeah. they've introduced ever. I mean, it's really right, good. It, 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 that that item is, like, well-balanced. It's fun. You can try to avoid it or try to defend against it. You can throw it in front of you or drop it behind you. So it kind of serves yeah. multiple functions. I think it's the most interesting item they've added in, in quite a while. Right. I mean, it's interesting because originally this was a uh, Waluigi and Wario special item in Double Dash. And they basically... Yeah, wasn't it, like, gigantic in, in Double Dash? I think it was. I think the bomb might have been bigger. Been really I think it might have been big. bigger in Double Dash, but but it was yeah. pretty much the same item, and they just made it for everyone on the DS. So I yeah. assume it's still in the the Wii game. Um, is it? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Because um, that is a fun item, and it's it's tricky to use, but it feels very good when you use it correctly. And yeah. uh, that's what Mario Kart should be about. Right. Um, exactly. So uh, yeah, let's go on to the second game. Yeah. Let's.
Well, that was cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of this MP3 music sample that um, IGN hosted years ago. It was a sample uh, from a game Factor 5 was doing for GameCube called Torna- Tornado. Ah, yes. Um, and uh, that game never came out. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people realize that Factor 5 has pretty amazing sound engineers and, and musicians. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very cool, like, techno, kind of like this bubbly techno sound. It's a little hard to describe. Um, unfortunately, it's not something we could ever really play on Radio Trivia, because that game doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a very cool song, and it just kind of reminded me of that. Hmm. Interesting. I, I really... So maybe this is like a sci-fi third-person shooter with grappling beams. And... I don't know, Johnny. Maybe you'll figure it out by the third song. I really like how that song builds on itself and kind of add more instruments. Yeah, and and I've definitely played this game. I don't know what it is right now, but those bells are unmistakable. I've, I've definitely <laughs> heard that before. Well, uh, then maybe you can answer this question for me. What's okay. the name of your female artist friend? Ah, Okay.
Well. Nice. Very dramatic. Um, my guess, and I think this is wrong, is Illusion of Gaia. No. I know you... Yeah, that, that, that wasn't Super NES music, I know, but there was something about the second song that made me think of it, and then also your question, kind of. I think the main character in that game had a friend who was an artist. Like a female friend who was an artist or something like that. Mm, I, I don't remember. Is that true? I don't... Maybe, but I, yeah, it's, maybe. yeah, there it's, was it rings a bell. An illusion of guy, there was, but that's not the answer. But you may be right on on that illusion. The, the answer is Kirby sixty four, Crystal Shards. Oh, okay. Well, I played that recently, and yeah, there there is a character in there who's an artist. I, I don't know her name. Yeah, she's, it's one of those. She has no dialogue. Well, nobody has any dialogue. <laughs> they just go <laughs> and they wave. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of waving. I, yeah. I don't know who in the right mind would actually know the name of this character. I don't know if this character has appeared in any other games. I don't know if she's in the anime. I don't know, but she's kind of a nameless character for, as far as I'm concerned. But her name is actually Adeline, and uh, she basically uh, paints stuff that comes to life, just like other characters in other Kirby games. But right. she's your friend, except for when you're fighting. Well, you know, I think she starts off as a boss. Well, all of your friends do. They're all like, like right, a, yeah, kind of like they have like the dark matter, you know, like Dark Samus. Is, Right. It's coming because there's there's <laughs> DDD and then there's like the waddle the little waddle yeah. D guy yeah. and there's the artist and there's somebody else. Yeah, that's right. Like by the end of the game, you have like this whole troop of former villains following you around. And the entire story is told through waving and laughing. Yes, and eating. And eating. That's right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but uh, Kirby 64 is an interesting game. I'm not going to say it's a challenging game, but. No, it's really well, easy. Well, you know, it's kind of how you play it. If you want to make it challenging, you can give yourself like a, a mediocre power and, and challenge yourself to get through it. So it's kind of there's like <laughs> there's a zen. so many powers. They're they're like thirty something yeah. powers. Yeah, and a lot of them are really interesting. Yeah, and there's challenge in, in getting all of the the shards um, because oh yeah. for sure yeah some of those some of those like I've gone through the stage two or three times and I still don't even know where one of them yeah. is. And unfortunately, the level design is pretty bad, which I think is like a Sakurai staple. Yep. Um, but the yeah, the level design is actually atrocious in that a lot of the shards are hidden behind blocks that you have to have a certain power combination to break through. Except there's no way that you could have known ahead of time that 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 you would be needing that combination of powers. Oh, so basically, you're forced either either you're very lucky and you happen to have this certain yeah. combo, or you have to play the, through the level two or three. See, times I don't have a problem with that. I to, think that's to I think that's that. part of the challenge, and sometimes it's very difficult to keep that power, and that's part of the challenge. So, sometimes it is. I just wish it would tell you which power you needed up ahead, rather than make you memorize and then play through the level again. I do like the idea of like tracking down the enemies that you need to give you the right power, and then hanging on yeah. to it. That part I like. It's the not knowing. It's the total luck involved that I. I don't can like. see that. Yeah. But um, yeah, and uh, one of one of the reasons I chose the songs I did is because Kirby kind of has a reputation of having like super sweet and and overly cheerful music, uh, overly upbeat music, and, <laughs> and I always sort of want to point out that that isn't really the case. It's kind of one of those uh, stereotypes. That doesn't really hold true for a lot of the songs in the series, and, and these are certainly more atmospheric yeah, that, songs. That last song was really yeah, dark. Um, and maybe it's more so for Kirby 64, but th there are certainly some bizarre renditions of songs in, like, Kirby Campus Curse, and, um, where they had basically noise and, and stuff in it, and, uh, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I just sort of wanted to highlight that. Cool. So, Kirby 64. Actually, it looks really good on the virtual console. Light. I remember seeing that when I was over at your place, and I thought that mm -hmm. it looks a lot better with the, the higher resolution that are, that's provided. Yeah, I really like the mechanics of Kirby 64. I love the combining powers. I just kind of wish there was a better game to yeah. use them in. Um, that, like I said, I just I very much dislike the level design, but the the gameplay I actually really like. Um, yeah. So it's one of those games that I play an hour of yeah. a month, and eventually hey, I'll beat it. I mean, I I pretty much beat it back on the N64 a long time ago, so right. I'm in a rush. And hey, I mean, it's the only game where you can like play as a fridge. So. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and and also I think because it's so easy, it's kind of hard to play it for more than like 30 minutes at a time. Mm. I get very bored with it. series this is from. <laughs> really? Maybe I should have chosen these songs in a different order. Oh, I think I do. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think I, I think I know what franchise this is from. But there are many games in this franchise, so. I need them all.
love it. Love it, love it. <laughs> so, to further support your theory of what series this is... Well, to help me narrow down which game it is. What is the main character's ability to absorb souls called in this game? Hmm. Actually, that's a, that's a big help, I think. So clearly, this is a Castlevania game. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but actually, the the way you chose the game made it still difficult to narrow down. Even with the hint question, it's difficult to tell whether this is Aria of Sorrow or Dawn of Sorrow. And uh, one, is, one is GBA, one is DS. So based on the quality of the music, I'm going to go with GBA, so that's Aria of Sorrow. You are correct. It is Aria of okay. Sorrow. Yeah. And, uh, this was a request by uh, someone named Laurent Baum. Who requested it? And it was a very good pick. They've been overdue, yeah, very good. overdue for a Castlevania game. And uh, honestly, this is a game 
where I, I didn't appreciate the, the music as much as the other GBA and, and uh, DS games. I don't know if the music maybe isn't as good, or if I just sort of... Oh, it's far better than Harmony of Distance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harmony of Distance, which, I never even whose, whose title actually tells you how bad the music is. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Aria of Sorrow is a, is a big step yeah. up. I think Circle of, Moon, Circle of the Moon might have the best music of the yeah. three GBA games, but um, Aria is really good, and then Dawn of Sorrow has absolutely gorgeous right. music. It's really, really impressive for DS oh, music. And Portrait of Ruin. That has good music, too. It, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember as much about that one. I think I played through that game so quickly. It's like, <laughs> at this point, the Castlevania games are so much alike that I sort of devour them oh, yeah. instantaneously. Yeah. And they blur. I, I played through it so... And they're easy, and I, and I and they're short, and I just played through it so fast that that game doesn't really occupy a, a place in my memory, even though I know for a fact that I played through it and beat it. That's interesting you see it. They're easy. I, I still find the boss battles be difficult. Um, maybe it's because I'm not... Li- the bosses are hard, but everything yeah. else is super yeah. easy. And, it, and if, if it was your first time playing one of those, you'd probably find it fairly difficult. But the fact is, it's pretty much the same thing every sure. game. And so you learn the, the general patterns and the general flow of, of going through the game, and it just becomes sort of an exercise, um, a, fun, a very fun and satisfying exercise. But they're just, it's sort of rote. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know? to be fair, uh, Portrait of Ruin, the level design kind of went downhill my opinion. It did, yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the way they yeah. did that. But uh, Aria of Sorrow is a lot of fun. I, I confuse aspects of it with the DS game since uh, they're fairly similar. They're uh, practically the yeah. same, yeah. They're even close, even more similar than the other Castlevania portable yeah. games. <laughs> um, but uh, Aria of Sorrow is one of the few games that I've played through twice back-to-back because uh, when I was studying abroad in Russia, it was one of the few games that I took that I had to take with me for my GBA. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't take a GameCube right. or anything with me. So um, I took the GBA. I only had, like, four games with me. Um, and Ari of Sorrow was my favorite. And I just got really addicted to it. And I got to the point where I was, like, leveling, like, max leveling up every single soul in the wow. game. I was totally, I was, like, on god mode, pretty much. I played that game so much. And, yeah, I, I played through it all the way through, and then basically started a new game on hard mode and played through it again. And the only other game I can think of that I did that back-to-back was, like, Metroid Zero mm-hmm. Mission. Right, that's a much shorter, well, I don't know, they're both short games, I guess. They're both pretty short, yeah. They're, they're, and they're I similar. Mean, and obviously, actually, they're very <laughs> similar games. Yeah, I'm just a real yeah. sucker for that kind of yeah. thing. Well, um, I don't know. I it doesn't help that I don't really explore a lot of the secondary items. Usually, I find one or two things that I like and kind of stick with them. I'm I'm not, I'm not the games games that have so much you know so many options with regards to to weapons are lost on me because I generally find one or two things that I like. Usually, they're one of the things that they give you near the beginning because they know people like it, and I usually stick with it. And so you know, a lot of these RPGs where you can fiddle with so many different things, or things like Castlevania, where they give you umpteen different weapons you can use. Uh, it's like, I don't care, I like my whatever fast sword, and once I get it, I'm going to keep it, you know? Yeah. So. Most of that stuff is purely optional in, in yeah. the Castlevania games. And most of the souls are completely optional. And to answer your question, I honestly can't remember like what they called it. I know... Um, it was like his dark power. It was a, the the ability to, to steal souls was something that really scared Soma in those games. It was like a power that he was sort of ashamed of. Um, 
and uh, and then he lost it in between the games. I remember that, but I mean the stories are total crap in that series. So <laughs> it's power it all, of dominance. It all, all mixes together. Is that what it's called? The power, yeah, the of, power of dom dominance. Dominance. Oh, dominance. Really? Yeah, you dominate the souls. I, I would have never guessed that. So so before we go on, uh, there's a observation I don't think I've shared on this podcast yet that I I'd meant to share before, but uh, it's that a lot of game titles, especially like subtitles, have this tendency to have you know like word of word, you know right. like blank of blank, and it, yeah. I slowly like recognize it's like every time I see a, a title that has that now, like oh there's another one, you know because it's Aria of Sorrow, Harmony of Castle is really bad about this by the way. Yeah, there are a lot of other series do it too. Absolutely, there was there was Path of Radiance for Fire Emblem, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not even talking. I don't even count like Symphony of the Night, which has four words in it. That's fine. If it's something <laughs> of the something, that's fine. I'm talking about blank of blank, yeah. and, like disaster. Rondo Day of, crisis. of Swords, Rondo of Blood, a lot of stuff like. That. I mean, there's 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 Day tons of, of them, and, and I don't know why it's such a popular <laughs> thing. Maybe it sounds cool. Maybe it's just sort of a Japanese to English translation thing where that's kind of a direct translation I, no I, I think it's more of like it's just like a factory for titles you know you just it's just a, an easy way to combine random arbitrary words and at this point for, for Castlevania it really is becoming totally arbitrary they're they're combining words that don't even go together um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just an easy way to, to combine two words and come up with something that's unusual enough to be trademarked I think yeah it's lazy 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 lazy, lazy. So I, I'm I'm calling you out every time I see one of these. So <laughs> I'm Publishers, do, beware! Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do You're my best. You're on notice. <laughs> yeah, every time I know some of these, I'm gonna try to call it out when, when I do. You're radio dead to now. TYP. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I'm just saying you're being uncreative. I mean, I mean, I you can do Radiant Dawn. That's fine. But Dawn of Radiance, sir. <laughs> I thought Radiant Dawn was an interesting twist. Yeah. For for the sequel t subtitle, but the problem is it's very easy to get them confused. Yes. Because it's not clear which one is, which one comes first and which one comes second. You know? <laughs> Other than the systems they're on. But, right. Um, yeah. Use possessive form. That's fine. Just blank of blank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, move on to the next game. Yeah.
think what I would say after that first song is, um, a lot of you listening to this probably think that this is an RPG, and you're going to be surprised when you find out what it is. Okay. Very interesting music, Johnny. Very interesting music. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you used it. I am too, because then I can ask this question. Your trusty dog can be enhanced using what type of equipment?
Alrighty. Alrighty. So, uh, what's the game, Johnny? This is Secret of Evermore, the square game that most of you have probably never played. Wait, wait, what, what's the name again? Secret of Evermore. What? what? Secret of Evermore. Right. Blank of blank. Right, yeah. I'm calling you on the square. <laughs> Apparently since uh, it was originally going to be called just Evermore, but uh. but they felt, well, t- throwing Secret of on, on in front of it may maybe help Smith sell more, I guess. Cause right, it makes it sound like a sequel to Secret of Mana. Exactly. And it is sort of a spin-off of Secret of Mana. It's made by different people. This is, um, well... Um, Oh, I think you didn't take my uh, my suggestion for trivia question, so I'll, I'll I'll use it now. This was actually the only game ever made by Square USA. Um, mm-hmm. They set up a um, as far well as, as far as I know it is. Um, they set up a, a studio in I think Hawaii, which eventually wow. made the Final Fantasy movie. The uh, really yeah, Spirits Within. Uh, it eventually oh, wow. became their CG studio, but back in the '90s, they intended to make video games there for the American audience specifically. So, Secret of Evermore might not have even been released in, in Japan. It was definitely geared towards an American audience. Um, it had a lot of it had a strange sense of like American culture built into it. Um, but uh, it plays pretty much like Secret of Mana. It's not quite as good. And um, it doesn't have the three-player mode, but it has this dog feature. So instead of having these other characters that you can take over, you have this dog that follows you around. He looks for ingredients you can use in alchemy, and occasionally he'll attack enemies. Well, can't you play as the dog as well? I was under the impression uh, you can... You can have a second-player plug-in, but the dog is extremely limited in what it can do. Are... Really? I read differently. Uh, did you play the actual game, or...? Did I, play... I did. I, I played through it twice, probably all the way through. Wow, when I read about it, I thought that single player could switch the dog. And, Maybe and do you can. I mean, it's very limited because you can't go very far away from the main character, um, and the dog just can't do that much. I mean, yeah. it, it does attack the enemy sometimes. The coolest was when you, well, you, you go through um, various time periods in the game, and um, the dog changes depending on what time period you even though your main character doesn't. And so the last area of the game is set in the future. You're out, like up on a spaceship, uh-huh. and the dog turns into a robot, and he's like <laughs> basically a walking toaster. It's really cute. And uh, I seem to remember the dog like shoots giant blue laser beams out. It's like totally awesome. Right. Yeah. So, but I don't think you would want to use the dog for attacking uh-huh. as, you know, like, because that would leave your main character defenseless. Sure. I, I don't think that was a good strategy. Okay. Maybe for talking to people or something, where you had to... I don't know. I, I was reading some of the fact when I was coming up with the questions, so... Yeah. Um, but uh, you can equip the dog with... Uh, it makes I, sense. I collars. Collars. Yeah. yeah. Collars. Yeah. I don't remember that specifically, yeah. but it's the only thing that makes sense. Right. But, uh... Oh, I didn't realize you actually own this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I think it kind of gets a bad rap, but um, I think Secret of Evermore is a good game. I, it's definitely not up to Secret of Mana standards, but well, even, um, even that's not necessarily the best thing that Square's produced. But, right. Um, yeah. I think Secret of Mana is sort of overrated in yeah. hindsight. Was well, I think it was a little overrated at the time, but I do like Secret of Mana, right. and I think it's better than than Evermore. But Evermore is a good game, actually. It's it's got some really interesting stuff in it. Right. And honestly, I mean, as moody and atmospheric as the songs I played were, a lot of the songs are very kind of. Uh, I don't know, not even music. I would say just sort of more atmosphere. With Pure what, ambience. Ambience yeah. with, with yeah, a few notes I, laid in 
here and there, you know? Yeah, I mentioned that when I suggested this game to you. I let you choose the music, but I sort of warned you that most of the soundtrack is just pure atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you found some songs that actually sound like songs. All right. So, it, so the, if you want a full experience of this game, I mean, you have to listen to some other songs because those are yeah, good. I think the sound design is pretty interesting in the game. I mean, you don't find many games that are that ambient, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially our well, it's not really an RPG. It's it's kind of an adventure game. I think I think it has more to do with Zelda than say Final Fantasy. Okay. But um, it, it, you know, that kind of game, especially a Square game, you think of them being really composer driven. You know, lots of recognizable melodies and and refrains and things. And Secret of Evermore is very sound effect driven. There, a lot of the stages, a lot of the areas are very quiet and sort of like creepy and foreboding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the sound is really interesting in that game. Well, uh, the composer apparently is uh, Jeremy Soule. I don't know what else he's done. As, as I understand it, this was his first uh, game, possibly his last <laughs> game. Um, considering, I hope not. Considering. Uh, Square USA diverted. The fate of the studio. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I hope you found work somewhere else. But, you know, this this game is probably a good candidate for Virtual Console because Square seems okay with releasing games on Virtual Console that they have... There's no possibility (laughs) they would ever re-release them anywhere else. And this is definitely one of those games. I mean, it wasn't popular. It was pretty much an utter failure um, on, on the marketplace. And it's not really considered one of their classic games. And I would say... It seems like a good candidate. It's the kind of thing they might actually release on Virtual Console. I don't know. Hopefully. I, more people should play it. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's Blink of Blank, and let's... Uh, yeah. Sorry. We'll move on. Listeners probably aren't going to believe me when I say this, but if you've actually played the game, or at least this that far into the game where you've heard that song, that's pretty recognizable, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, it's just not the kind of thing you hear very much, I right. think.
We have a lot of ambient music this uh, this episode, don't we? Yeah, I guess so. But I think this this game has such cool music. Yeah. Uh, Which makes sense, kind of, if considering what the game is. But would you like to read the question? It is your question. Sure. After all. Sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Which two different items give the same effect of falling more slowly in this game and its predecessor? So we got two different items in two different games, same effect. hinted that it's sort of about music, or it's, the story is related to music anyway. This is uh, Do-Re-Mi Adventure Mylan's Doki Doki Fantasy. Or is it Do-Re-Mi Fantasy? My, it's Do-Re-Mi Fantasy Mylan's Doki Doki Adventure. Yes, that, that's it. The, yes. the, the last one. <laughs> uh, yeah, the long title. Pretty um, ridiculous title. Of course, it's just, it's not really even translated. It's just very literal uh, from the Japanese, because this game was never released outside of Japan. It's an import, um, import virtual console title. Right. So it was, it is released in America now. Right. On, on virtual console, but which uh, allows us to use the game for radio trivia. Right. It's eligible. Yeah, it was never eligible. translated into English. Right. It was never localized. It was released, but never localized. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a later uh, Super Famicom game, and uh, beautiful. I mean, vi- yeah. graphics and sound really beautiful. It's like top, really top-notch Super Nintendo uh, stuff, Super Famicom. Right, uh, like kind of like hand-drawn style sprites. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's a little bit like um, Yoshi's Island, not not in terms of the art style, but in terms of kind of the quality. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, it didn't it didn't have the whatever Super FX chip to help it out or anything, but I mean, yeah. just in terms of level of polish on it, it, it looks really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, I mean, you you uh, did your impressions for. Uh, a recommend, virtual console recommendation for it. And I know you've been playing through it. Did you ever uh, beat the game? I have not. It's like Kirby 64. It's a game that I play a little bit of every now and then and sort of, you know, slowly progress through it. Um, although I think it's actually a much better game than Kirby 64. Hmm. Um, 
it's just not a not a game that I felt compelled to sit down and play for really long periods of time. But I, I think it's very good. And um, um, of course, this is like the pseudo sequel to Milan Secret Castle, which is like my favorite bad game. And um, <laughs> and also a game whose story is about music, at least. And I think Milan Secret Castle is really interesting music, also for an NES game. Um, but the, certainly, the game itself is is not the bee's knees <laughs> right it, it, it kind of has it ha- has its uh, moments and it has its appeal and if you happen to like metroid games and you, you don't mind kind of a old school style right uh, then Milan secret castle is for you it's a fascinating disaster is kind of the way i think about <laughs> it i have a lot of nostalgia for it but i do think it's a really interesting game but it's not good necessarily <laughs> right um, yeah but uh, yeah, okay, so to get back to the hint question then, both of these games have items that allow you to hold down the jump button and sort of glide unnaturally across large expanses, and it's very useful in a platforming game to be able to do that. It's sort of like the cape yeah. in Super Mario World. Yeah. Um, but uh, in, in Do-Re-Mi, the, the sequel, quasi-sequel, um, it's, uh, it's a pair of boots. I think they have little feathers on them or something. Okay. But it's basically boots you find all over the place. And uh, like once you die, they go away. In Myland Secret Castle, which is more of a, an adventure, like persistent game rather than a, just a straightforward platformer. Um, in Myland Secret Castle, it's a blimp. And you buy it from the store. And once you buy it, you have it forever. Blimp. Why would there a blimp. be... That just seems so random. I mean, like, what what are they Dude, expecting you to have? Dude, there's a lot of really strange stuff in Milan Secret Castle. The blimp is not even close to... I mean, there's a sword that makes your magic bubbles stronger. A sword? Well, it's a, a magical sword. A sword that makes your bubbles stronger. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it, it makes them sword. swirly and a... very psychedelic. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole game was kind of psychedelic. Yeah, don't, right. they have, don't they have, like, the purple, like... Like one eyed monster or something is one of like right. the the room <laughs> the room bosses. Yeah, and the music is like it's really stressful music on those bosses. And you fight the same boss like eight times. They, they look a little different, but it's the same boss. They just right. have more life. <laughs> yeah, totally oh, the good old days. Game. I think it's hilarious. I just I love to show that game to people because they, no one knows what to make of it. <laughs> yeah, by comparison, Do Re Mi is quite normal. Um, um, it's certainly a, a better designed game. It's it's much more polished and uh, and fun to play for the for the average person. Sure. Um, but they they have some elements in common, but they're really totally different games. Mm-hmm. It's the same character and the same basic attack mechanic, but other right. than that, it's the level design, the, the entire structure of the game is completely different. Right. It's really a different kind of game. Yeah. So. I mean, there was... It's funny though. I when I heard that there was a sequel to Milan Secret Castle, it I, I freaked out. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, how did I miss yeah. this?" And, you know, of course, it never came out of Japan. Um, it's not really a sequel to Milan, but it's it's a, kind of kind of a spinoff, or what, you know, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. It has great music, obviously. So I hope people will check it out. What? How much does for, it cost on your, a Virtual Console? Like nine? It's probably nine nine dollars. Yeah. It's like you know the standard Super NES price plus your import. Which, which they so. didn't even localize. So, well, I guess they, right. well, they have a good manual, right? The, the manual is actually really helpful. The operations guide is good, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of effort that went into bringing that over as opposed to any other game, right. you know? Because it's it's definitely in Japanese. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, it's not the kind of game where you need to be able to read the text to understand how to play it. But 
it's definitely still in Japanese. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you do talk with non-player characters and the like, and it's, you're just sort of scrolling through text. I mean, it's not like... I mean, there is more text they, than you might think for a platformer. Um, yeah, but they, it's... Incidental. You don't actually have to answer questions from them or anything. There's no... There are no RPG elements or right. puzzle at, solving. At best, it's like a hint that you won't get, that you might be able to look up in right. the manual anyway. Um, exactly. I, I, t- I think it's worth nine bucks, so there you go. And it's, I, I think Greg said it's out in Europe soon, hopefully. Hmm. Yeah. Curiously, is it out in Japan? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I hope so. I bet, I bet it is. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was our fifth game. Uh, I think we've had a really interesting lineup of uh, familiar and, and bizarre selections. Yeah, and, uh, I hope so. And uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. I think that uh, I enjoyed it. I, I think it was a very interesting uh, selection of songs. Anyway, thanks thanks for co-hosting. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for picking out all the songs and sure, everything. Sure, sure, my pleasure. And uh, you can hear more of Johnny when he's not sick on uh, Radio Free Nintendo. Our other podcast. I'm no longer, I'm sick, longer sick, so I'm back. Uh, and you're better than ever, right? You said something about uh, extra long podcast, right? Yeah, the, the the new episode is pretty long. It's really good. It's packed with a lot of stuff. It's not. I don't think it's boring or anything okay. like that. Yeah. If it was boring, we'd cut parts out. No, I think it it's good. You will be entertained throughout. All right. So uh, after this ends in like ten seconds or whenever this this stream ends, cue uh, up Arfin. Yeah. Go get it. is copyright 2003 Nintendo. Kirby 64 The Crystal Shards is copyright 2000 HAL Laboratory Nintendo. Castlevania Ari of Sorrows copyright 1986-2003 Konami. Secret of Evermore is copyright 1995 Squaresoft. Do Re Mi Fantasy Mylon's Doki Doki Ventures copyright 1996 Hudson.